0: conversations power by just talking Lisa listen and you are
1: I would be the Lisa part of the Lisa listen. okay talk to us and we what is conversations Jess what is our podcast about
0: well it's all about creating empowering and enlightening conversations that help people through whether it's personal professional matters or development and or it's about bringing on experts from time to time that have an exquisite feel of their Particular discipline that help people through their lives.
1: And what is Just Talk?
0: And Just Talk is where we focus on, really, there are a number of things we do, but the primary thing we like to do is focus on training and coaching and development for first time supervisors, managers, and executives. We've been doing a lot of work in that area over the last number of years, and we find that we've hit a really good sweet spot with helping people evolve. So that's good.
1: And besides that, you are a an author, a author, success, success coach, coach, trainer, yes, and podcaster. That's it. And what about me? Fill in, fulfill me that in today, you, would you?
0: That leaves you to be vice president of sales and marketing. You do a wonderful job with that. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness that you are. And that also leaves you as a success coach yourself, a certified coach to help, to help people through personal and professional development. And you are also a podcast.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you very much.
0: So what about the topic of the show? What does that look like today?
1: It looks like this. Are you on the edge of your seat?
0: I am. This (laughs) is actually a drum roll. I'll do it. it. Yes. How
1: toxic is your work environment?
0: Yes. How toxic is your work environment? That is a very poignant subject to bring up as a topic.
1: Well, have you ever been in one or worked in one?
0: Yeah, actually, my current work environment is not toxic at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get that out of there. Oof, yeah. That's a little, break Thank a little sweat you, or that. I would
1: be coming across the table to, yes, to grab your neck.
0: Which is what they do in toxic workshops. <laughs> not Yelling, workshops. No, we do the workshops. They, yeah. They blah, 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 you blah. know, actually, I have worked in some toxic environments, quite, quite a number of them. I would say, I won't name names, but I'll say that back in the day uh, without naming names the Flamingo Hilton was one of those cir- <laughs> circumstances where <laughs> i gained a lot of uh, a lot of growth there and it was a lot of development happening but it was an extremely challenging toxic environment one of the key things that made it so toxic we had this very iron-fisted ruler who ruled by fear yeah. and he was at the top of the organization was the president at that time and he wanted you to be very very fearful of him his presence and even when he wasn't there especially when he wasn't there and it worked with everyone to this day yes everyone to this day if you ask anyone that worked at the flamingo hilton during the years of 1990 and 90 well it could have been earlier but listen but 1990 to 1995 yes if their phone displays the number three two zero zero they go
1: oh no (laughs)
0: When 3,200 comes across my screen, I go, I'm not going to say it on this podcast, Uh, but I say- Well, you can. Well, I'm not. Holy shit. No, I don't say those words. I was (laughs) going to say, oh, shocks is what I was going to say. Right,
1: Jess. Come
0: um, on. I'll call you on your shit. But Oh, there she goes
1: again. Okay.
0: (laughs) She's got some loose action going on up in here today. (laughs) You're scaring me. So, I'm but yeah. I'm
1: just being real. Quite come frankly, on. that really—that
0: that is exactly what came to your mind. And that's before anything else you could think about. And that was instilled with the ruling by an iron fist of fear. You come in, and when we we're in meetings, exec, big executive meetings, he'd ball up his fist and tighten, and his face would contort. And he would say, Jesus you can't, you can't, you can't. And he would accuse you of something that you haven't done. And you go, I didn't do that so
1: you're living in fear every every move you make you're living in fear
0: for the time from the time that I accepted that position being interviewed by David Hilton of the Hilton company Mm -hmm. which I thought was quite nice uh, that was really pleasant the moment I punched the time card which wasn't a punch card because I was on salary and then right up until I left I had shivers down my spine every day all day even when I wasn't at work what about
1: you? Did you lose nightmares? Did, did you? I, I meant to say. I did gained you, nightmares. Did, did you lose sleep, or did you have nightmares? And did that affect the quality of your life living that way?
0: I lost many hours of sleep, and when I did go to sleep, I'd oftentimes wake up in the middle of the night. Oddly enough, with a problem.
1: In a cold sweat.
0: Yes, with a problem that hadn't happened. Right. Because I admit that environment. I allowed that environment to make me feel like I had to have all the answers. I had to be ready all the time. and you what, really I know
1: what that feels you really, like. And
0: you really did have to be ready with yeah. pertinent things, but it, I went deeper than that. I had to be ready all the time. So I'd create a problem that if it happened, I wanted to be able to already have the solution for it. but if I didn't have the solution, then I'd be freaked out. And it'd wake me up in the middle of the night. But yeah, How, how long? Uh, well, five years. I, I went through that for five years.
1: All and, the five, the whole time you were there? And, and, it was and toxic.
0: When I was director of casino marketing during that time period, Yes, it was toxic the whole time and I lived that for five years. Not just me, many others around me lived the same same thing. Even if we never we never really talked about it, but we all felt it. Yeah. And yes, I lived it. Quite frankly, something happened at, towards the end of that tenure where I was a um, uh I was in a situation where I was being bullied, mm. but I didn't know it was being bullied at the time. I really turned it on myself and thought I was defective. And I spent another five years recovering from the bullying episode, mm. where I I quit and went on to other places, but I was hemorrhaging the whole time trying to repair myself.
1: Ironically, I similar lived thing. that in three jobs.
0: Funny you should say that. Did you you didn't realize this, but when you said that, you literally crossed your your eyes went crossed what? when you said I live that. Your eyes <laughs> actually crossed when you said that.
1: Yeah. Well, so so
0: tell us you 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 don't have to name. Any of the places. Uh, and I won't,
1: as as you did.
0: No, I didn't. I just, that slipped. I didn't.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. It slipped. Uh, I can tell you that it had me so jacked up. Single mom, three kids, coming home and scared to death because I had three children to feed. Sure. And thinking I had no choice. It was bullying. It was toxic. But you
0: didn't know it was bullying at the time. Am I right? Did you? Well, let me ask. Did you know it was bullying at the time? When
1: somebody start screaming at you and you did nothing I, it was starting to feel
0: did you classify it as bullying is the question
1: mm, no i knew it was wrong because it felt wrong i got so it I, no i i didn't know I what got it what, what to label it You're no right. but,
0: hear, but hear me out you didn't classify it as bullying and did you turn did you turn inward to seek for solutions to figure like what's going on why are they treating me this way
1: yeah, I thought there was something wrong with me.
0: Exactly. Yes. And so, but if you had labeled it rightfully so bullying right. at the time, as if I would have, we would have had a great deal more power to do something about it. But because we didn't call it what it was, we turned in on ourselves. Uh, right?
1: Ideally, I I'd put up with it for far too long before I said anything. Sure. And I had to walk away from that company because things were never going to change. Exactly. I, because to save my sanity.
0: Exactly. But my point is, if you had truly called it bullying, which both of us made that mistake because we didn't have the knowledge or information, I don't think it was that prevalent. I've heard of bullying on the playground. I've heard of bullying in the schoolyard. I've heard of, I've heard of that before. Right. But I never thought about bullying in the workplace. But there was an unscrupulous individual at that time at the property that wanted what he wanted, and he got what he wanted at all costs. And me being one of those costs. And when it happened, I was in such shock. I was literally in shock. I couldn't believe this was really happening to me. You can't afford that. When you label what it is, then there's resources around repair in terms of a bullying situation. I would have gone a whole different way in my in fact, I would have never quit that job. I wouldn't have let them I wouldn't have let them push me out.
1: But I don't think in the nineties it was as prevalent as it is today, because now when you go to a job They put you through a series of videos that you have, that goes through bullying, sexual harassment, that goes through all of these aspects that that now you have a safe place to go say, listen, I'm being treated this way, which back in the day, they never gave you that training to identify if this is happening to you, come to us, it's safe for you to tell us and we'll make... the correction
0: yeah I would say you've got a valid point there but I'd also say even today even with all the things that you're mentioning that we do have today there's no assurance that that's going to happen oftentimes your human resources department may be in they may be being bullied by the same sanctions that are happening to you if this is senior VP or VP or president or whatever and they're under that president under the guise of protecting all of us they too could be completely spooked or bugged out or even you know inadvertently bullied themselves and and still negate all the training if there is any negate the training that would support that. Yeah. So but your point is still spot on. Yeah. So how did that actually leave you feeling when you left the job because you it was a very toxic environment for you. It made you sick to your stomach.
1: When I turned in that letter of resignation, I was scared to even do it because I was I didn't know the wrath of what was going to come down. Sure. But it was also very empowering when I just said, I have something to say to you, and I handed the letter over, and that person, I'm not going to say he, she, said to me, are you serious? Is there anything we can do? We do not want to see you go. And I said, there's nothing you can do, and this is my official two weeks notice. It was liberating. Oh. Yeah. I felt like uh, a thousand pounds lighter. I was going to say about a thousand pounds,
0: for sure. Yeah. And you actually even probably felt lighter even before you turned it in that resignation you probably felt lighter the moment you decided to write it and have it ready to be turned
1: oh you have no idea yeah yeah no idea because
0: that's empowering well let's get into our program here let's okay. let's oh, well this is our program but let's get into some detail that we did some extensive research on the internet both you did some on your own i yes. did some we did some together yeah and we've compiled uh, a composite of some of that research but some of the most telling research that i discovered was the amy shulten piece And she talks about toxic workplaces uh, that she says it's on the rise, right? And there's signs of toxic uh, workplace. So she's gonna she talks about these ten key points of what that is. So let's share the points and let's go back and forth and see if we can share with our audience what they feel about that. Well, the
1: number one is chronic high stress.
0: Chronic high stress.
1: So we what we just shared with one another, I can't even tell you the stress that it it started taking over, and I questioned who I was as a as a person. Sure.
0: And what does, and and well, let's talk about chronic high stress. What typically causes that? Number one, super high or unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. You may be in a position where you know you're set up to fail. That's very stressful.
1: So it doesn't matter what you do, it's never good enough. Exactly. Or how long you work. Exactly. 6 a.m. to midnight.
0: Right. Or you may be in a situation causing stress where your, your boss or supervisors have a high demand and a high expectation Mm -hmm. of you, but haven't really given you the tools to succeed at that job. And you know it's what we call an impossible dynamic.
1: How many times do you think people are either promoted or get hired and they're never given the tools?
0: Well, that's a good point. And from my research, we'll get back to that. We'll put that into the parking lot and pull that out when we get to point number seven, because we've got some things that will discuss on that. But to your point, though, that really does cause a high level of stress and and stress is one of the number one killers in America.
1: The disease in the body.
0: Disease. By the way, that was also in the report too. Disease, meaning if you slow down dis ease together as disease, and you do create an internal disease, it starts to rot all kinds of body parts because of the chronic worrying. Do you know that worrying is one of the most caustic invasive challenges in the workplace today? Worry. About something that hasn't even happened,
1: and how do you know this?
0: I know this because of research. I know this because of study, and I know this because of tens of thousands of hours, executive coaching, and success coaching. I hear every client that comes to to us. I hear this nine out of every ten clients, and and by the way, ninety percent. I've heard it said that ninety percent of things that people worry about is a debt, is is looking to pay interest on a debt they may never own. Like it hasn't even happened. Wow. Well. It hasn't even happened.
1: That's a pretty good nugget to walk it away is. with today. So
0: I, there, so that's nine out of every 10. I'm dealing with some level of this yeah. or we're dealing with some level of this and it shows up. So chronic high stress is a, is a problem.
1: Well, number two says low morale. You and many other employees are in a bad mood frequently.
0: Right. So <coughs> if someone is in a perpetual bad mood, you've got to look at a systemic cause for that. You've got to ask questions. The first question is, why are you in a bad? Why are you? Is, did you bring it from home?
1: Which is also another possibility. It is
0: a high possibility. <clears throat> it, 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 did you bring it from home, or did you did it, something occur as a one-off and you never found solace in that? Does some is some is there is there a perpetual systemic problem that's seated somewhere that's a negative pervasive thing that constantly. Erodes at that morale. I don't know. It could be a combination of all. I had a rule when I was in corporate America and it was a really cool rule. Whenever I left my house, I put all the all the challenges and or difficulties of my personal life in the washer. Metaphorically I would dump them in the washer Mm -hmm. with the lid up and then I would leave out the garage and go. Mm. And then I would go to work and leave all that there.
1: What was, your, what was your metaphor when you left the office?
0: When I left the office, yeah. there, was a, there was a garbage. Out, there's almost always a receptacle outside of hospitality organizations because sure. they're everywhere to keep things clean. I would literally, I, well, by the way, I, I learned to do this. I didn't do this all the time. I had a bad habit of throwing up all my toxic stuff from work on everybody that would listen. You, that,
1: you say you learned this. Did you have a coach? Uh, no. How did you learn that?
0: You know, I stumbled upon the fact that it wasn't working. And I believe that I was burning people out because you can see the glazed over look in their eyes when you keep coming back with the same broken record of tired challenges from the job. So when I'm leaving the job, I would metaphorically dump the job's perspective, anything dealing with that job in that receptacle and drive home with the clean head from the job.
1: How long did it take you to figure that out? Like when when you decided you were going to do that? It took me my
0: entire career.
1: Because like they say, it takes three weeks weeks to form a habit. Right. Did it, did it take you three weeks to go, okay, I'm done with that and I'm good to go with this?
0: Well, I'd like to answer a question that almost like what you're asking, but even better from from your question, I got, I think the best question is how long did it take me to come to that as a solution? Okay. To balance myself. Okay. sure. And I'd say it took my whole career, it took 33 years of a 36-year hospitality career before I figured that out. I don't want the listeners and the viewers waiting that long. No. That's why I offered. Well, and there's
1: help. There is help. And there's help. Yes. And you just had a talk earlier today about the power of asking. Just ask for the help. We
0: were at the Word of Life Christian Academy, Mm -hmm. and Kelly Marcello and her beautiful soul and her unbelievable professionalism invited us in to do a professional speaking uh, perspective in the chapel, and it was the power of asking. And I'm telling you, the students were the students and teachers were rocked. Yeah. And not by by me telling, but by the questions that they asked before during and after, and the people that stayed around, the kids and teachers that stayed around and continued to pummel with questions of clarity about how to get their heads around asking. So it was huge.
1: Well, that's why I brought the asking part up, because if you would have asked for help along the way, maybe somebody could have helped you before well, 33 years, Jesse. I,
0: I, you know, you I, know what I'm I, saying? I asked, but I didn't ask properly. I was complaining instead of clearly asking and seeking whatever assistance could have been but available. But you did so the, the best you knew how I did at the, the best time. I knew how, and it was wrong.
1: Okay. <laughs> So uh, the lack of work-life balance, the organization wants to own you. Do you agree?
0: I would say, yeah, that's, well, you're talking about point number three. Yes. So we've done number one, chronic high stress, number two, low morale, and number three, lack of work-life balance. And you say the organization wants to own you. Depending on the organization, I think there's a high possibility that that can happen. But I I believe, and we'll go short on this one because we want to get through all of them. Yeah. I believe it is work excellence and personal balance. I go. don't believe there's a such thing as work, work-life work balance. We can do a program on that. We can do a whole program on that. Okay, but fair I enough. I believe what you do is you work excellent with excellence, and you look for personal balance in your life. Don't put the two together because it is an oxymoron.
1: Okay, very good. Number four, increased physical and emotional illness. You and your coworkers develop stress-related physical and or emotional illnesses.
0: I I knew I had a client once that every single December, she was a coaching client, a high-level executive in the sales and marketing world. Every single December, right about the same time, she would get sick as a dog. Every year. And I said, why do you think you keep getting sick every Mm, year at the same time? Because that was a buildup of all of the year, and their projections were due, and the annuals were due, and the new... What have you done for me lately? Like these people at her job listen to Janet Jackson, not Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is coming to town here. Fair enough. We just saw Michael. Yeah. We have to get on that. Uh, Janet Jackson is what have you done for me lately? Right. And Michael is I'm talking about the man in the mirror. Yeah. Well, these job, these folks that own these facilities listen to Janet. What have you done for me lately? So every December, this, this, this executive that I dealt with would break down and literally be sick. In a call in for at least two weeks, just because of the girth and the stress and the pressure that brought up year end stuff, because you're Good. closing out year end,
1: I can and rel- you're setting I, up. I relate to that.
0: Yeah, you're setting up for January, yep. and you they want to know what are you going to do for me and
1: what are you going to do next year. Exactly, you're not only ending the year, but you're starting a new year.
0: Well said, like I said, Janet.
1: There you go. Uh, number five: unrealistic expectations. You're put in a situation that sets you up to fail. And causes complete burnout.
0: And we talked about that earlier. Anytime you're, first off, you look, most people that find themselves in this situation, let's remember, they've been looking for a job. We don't, we don't know. A couple of weeks? A couple of months? Years? A couple of years. When they finally get accepted to a job, do you think that they really want to quit the job right away? No. Most of us? No. They, they want they to figure out how, how to make paycheck. it work. Yes. So, so they
1: put up with the shit.
0: The stuff. Yeah. Correct. Well, so, I'm just saying. I'm um, calling
1: calling it as it is.
0: Oh no! but we may be having some 13-year-olds listening to this.
1: Well, I'm sure that they use the word shit too, just as a matter of fact.
0: But we're gonna have them stop using it, okay? Until they get to be 21. Yeah, we're gonna. (laughs) Yes, thank you. So our director knows exactly the punchline.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Number six: lack of loyalty. On your first day at work, you sign an at-will employment contract that gives you and the organization the right to fire you at any time for any reason. When I came here. Lack
0: of mutual loyalty. You have to them, but do they have to you?
1: I never knew that. And that put fear in me thinking, oh, what if I, did I do something wrong? I was always second guessing what I did. And yes. that put the, it, total fear in me. like Absolutely. Are they going to fire me today? Are they going to fire me? Knowing but I was a great producer, that was just a, a, a belief that I had in my mind, so I went the extra mile to do the very best that I could.
0: Yes. And, but, but you were driven by fear. Yes. And that fear is likely stressful.
1: Ugh, and that stress, think?
0: by the way, when you're driven by that fear and that yeah. stress, that's not the right energy to move by.
1: That if causes the dis-ease we just talked about. It
0: does. Also another thing, it, it's a biology situation that, that, Gets the stress hormone going Mm -hmm. out there and you get the cortisol out there, and that's not the kind of energy you're supposed to be using. That's for fight or flight. That's if you think you're in danger, but you do feel like you're in danger.
1: Well, and then you want to talk about another topic for another show addiction. Then you start drinking. Oh, let's do that. Then you start eating and then you start shopping. And then you, I mean, all of the addictions come into play to um, compensate for the fear to make you feel good.
0: That reminds me, is it Ken Anderson? Is his last name Anderson? Yes. Okay, Ken Anderson. Yes, Ken Anderson is one of those unbelievable cats that's always in the live chat. I'll bet Ken is in the live chat right now. Oh. I'm not going to stop and look, but Ken, is if, you're in the li- Ken one fan. if you're in the live chat, I'm going <laughs> to tell you like they said in Rocky,
1: I love you, man, or some show,
0: or whatever it is. So he has proposed for us to do a, a program on addiction. You know, we're going to take him up on that. We're going to do it. This guy.
1: This, well, let me tell you, the last time he gave us a recommendation. It scared me. It was our number one topic. Go Ken. So yes, (laughs) Ken, Ken, you are being.
0: (laughs) Ken, Ken makes me feel like Michael. Everybody wants to be like Mike, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Jordan. Listen, we're getting we're getting close to wrapping up. I I want to go over number seven, and then and then we may have to just talk about a couple other things. Let's do it. Number seven: immature leadership. Toxic workplaces are fueled by immature, dysfunctional leaders. Such leaders share some of the following characteristics. I'm going to jump right down to the one that resonated hugely with me.
0: Yeah, do, do a few of them. I, w- I
1: want I our audience okay. to hear this.
0: I want Ken to hear this.
1: Unreasonable expectations for productivity and goals. Yes. Uh, unwillingness to listen to others.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Poor communication. Uh, c-
0: completely. That's high on the list. I've seen uh, high, a lot of
1: that. High aggression, intimidation, or bullying, instilling fear in others. Yes. We just talked about this. Yes. This one, hypocritical. Doesn't walk the talk. For example, says he or she embraces te- teamwork, good communication, trust, but displays behavior that contradicts and doesn't walk the talk.
0: I saw a lot of that in corporate America when I worked there. I'm sure you've seen it yeah. as well. I've uh, well, the clients that we've served that have the most extreme challenges. Each and every one of those plugs that that Amy Shulton has yes. listed on her site about this topic. I've seen, and I end up, we end up helping people manage through those processes, mm-hmm. and so that is huge. Immature leadership speaks to people that get into roles that get promoted, either come into the company from the outside at a high level in a position of authority, where they're either supervising, they're managing, or they're leading at the executive level, yes. and they've had zero training for that for that position. Yeah right
1: happens all day long it does I, I was in corporate for 35 years i saw it all the time yes and even more prevalent on the way out when yes he was retiring yes big time
0: yeah and so what i would say what's what's interesting about that is there are resources now that can help organizations small businesses companies corporations it even happens at the fortune 100 level it's, right. it's not just relegated to people that can't afford training so they say
1: so now is a good time to tout our horn if if any if if anyone's listening, well, we who, specialize who, who, in this. Whoever now. is out there listening, right. that we have an organic conversation. It's by invitation only. It's an intimate conversation. The next one is being held February 28th. If you are interested, there are four seats left, and email us at feelings, f e l l i n g s at j e s s talk dot com. And let us know if you're interested, and we can dive deeper on any of these. That's the, a great any idea. Any one of these, and
0: that's a really great idea. And those have been explosive. We are just, we have people that constantly that if they've come to a conversation, they want to come back. Exactly. Many, many. I, we haven't had one person that didn't want to, did not want to get an invitation back. But I want to stay on this for a second, yeah. and I don't want to t- tout our horns on this one because why not? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe another just time. do it. I want to be modest right now. What <laughs> I prefer to do is talk about what people say about having received the kind of intelligence yes. and the training and the, the coaching I want to talk about from the, from the, from the perspective of the person that's being affected by it.
1: Okay. go ahead. And
0: so a number of people that have come into the coaching program that were challenged by that because they're, they never got that training that they needed. We've, we've done, we do a number of things. Number one, we get them to get themselves. So we we've done extensive research on personality, testing. And how many people
1: don't know themselves? Right.
0: We focused on 10 and we chose one. Yes. And the color code is the one we use. And we talk about it quite often on the show. So we get people to get themselves. That's one thing. And then we get people to fill out a coaching expectation. So we want to know exactly what they want in terms of their strengths and limitations, their 90 day goals or their one year plan. And we get into all of that. And then we start building a customized program to focus the target at growing the acumen for that first time supervisor manager or executive and that part of what we've been doing we've been we've had a lot of people not only come back and stay longer but even invite other members of the organization and to get get on the program because they see the value of it
1: and i know our special guest next week you and will have your monthly show that you guys always have high high level conversations and i can't wait for you and will to kick off this new year with your Will, and Jesse Schoen.
0: Did we decide to let him back on the program?
1: Scott said he could.
0: Okay, fair enough. Scott's the director, so we've got to go with that. Well, let's keep going because we're we're getting down on the timeline. I really want our viewers and our our audience, the people that are listening to this, to gain the most value out of this whole toxic workplace thing so they can find results. And I want people to hear this and know that they can do things about it, even on their own, whether they sign on for a coaching program or not. But even on their own, they can do things. So let's keep rolling.
1: Okay, but... And with that being said, if they're not live here, they can find us on iTunes, Apple TV, Roku, TV, Stitcher, Google TV, YouTube, RSS feed, Facebook, Twitter, and, of course, the Vegas Video Network. So yeah, yeah, what, yeah, 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 what, yes. whatever channel they need, if they want to listen at work, they can find us. And about that, what does that mean for you, Jess?
0: In terms of? Well, does,
1: How does it leave you
0: feeling? It leaves me feeling awesome that we're providing resources for people <laughs> that want it and need it most. Okay. So now we're on point number eight.
1: Okay. Per- Pervasive? Pervasive? Yes. Wow. That, that it looked like a different word to me. No, Sorry. No. Pervasive, poor communication. You don't get much feedback on your performance. You get only negative feedback or you're left out of the loop and don't know what's going on.
0: Well said. And I believe that, again, that's at the top of the challenge that most people have is the poor, either lack of communication, wrong communication, or poor communication. Or don't know
1: how to communicate.
0: Yeah, that would would go in with the lack. Lack would go in, well, yeah, they don't know how. Yeah. And some people don't even know what they that don't, they don't know. know that
1: there you go which is worse yeah
0: so go ahead number okay, 9 okay
1: number 9 scapegoating mistakes are explained by blaming others have you ever been in an organization where they blamed others i am not
0: going to name names on this one yes i have in fact i was in an organization once and i'm not going to name the name of it because you know they they retired and they're gone and they've blown up um, so it was at the Sands, and I'm not naming names. And uh, there you was a, there horrible. was there was a leader there that came in, and I, I actually had to leave the office and take a 30 minute drive around the city to come home because I was gonna punch him in the face.
1: Okay.
0: So right. anyway, yeah, that can happen. Okay. And well, I know people feel like that, but you can't don't punch anybody in right. the face. It's well, not the thing we're, we're
1: getting close to the time, so I just want to say number ten, dysfunctional relationships. There's a widespread of dysfunctional dynamics such as clickishness. Insiders, outsiders, rather than unification and teamwork. These are the three inevitable results of toxic workplaces. Poor performance, employee health issues for those who end up staying, and the loss of the most talented employees.
0: I like that. And what we're going to do is we are going to, on our next program, we're going to start a little bit of this. We're going to make a little bit of time for it. We're going to talk about how do workplaces become toxic just really quickly and what they should do about it. So that we can give some solutions. So those that are out there tuning into this, you'll have to tune into the next program because we're going to take just a minute or two to talk to them about what they can do about it.
1: And at the end of the day,
0: it's all about how how you you leave them feeling. feeling.